So I am going to be reading in John 15, and um, I, I, uh, I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. If you don't have that, just, I don't know, don't, you may not want to look it up. You may want to just close your eyes and listen. Nobody's going to do that, are you? <laughs> Everybody's looking at that. Okay, but I have just loved the Passion Translation, and I've just read through the New Testament Psalms and Proverbs. The Psalms is they're called poetry on fire and uh it's just been amazing so i'm going to read john 15 to you and maybe we'll stop and talk a little and then keep going but john 15 and uh let's just start with verse one and this is in the passion translation so don't put it up unless you have it okay Jesus is speaking. He's speaking to his disciples. And he is saying, okay, take it down because it's not passion. I am a true sprouting vine. And the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I've spoken over you have already cleansed you. So you must remain in life union with me. For I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit. So your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. So I've been thinking of... Three things I'm going to kind of go over tonight. Health, connection, and growth. Three simple things. Health, connection, and growth. And the first thing, I guess if you want to say point number one, is I've been thinking a lot about health and how we are made for health. We were made to be healthy. It was never God's intent for us to carry anxiety or burden or depression or so many times uh, people say that, you know, this is how God made me and it's wrapped up in pretty uh, language maybe, but it's a lie nonetheless because we were all designed for health. Matt and I went to a movie maybe in May. It was like a movie premiere for a Christian movie. But we didn't know. It started at 7, but we didn't know that there was, like, commentary for an hour before the movie. Um, And Matt didn't like that. Um, But there was a psychologist that talked on the commentary, and he said something that I've been thinking about ever since. And it was about, the movie was about parenting, and he said, parents have failed because they have taught their children to be happy. When instead... They should have been teaching their children to be healthy. And it really stuck with me because just the the connotations of the word happy to me implies all about me. And then with health, it's just a different, different connotation altogether. All of a sudden, it it takes into account everybody around you and relationships. And it speaks of, of wholeness and joy. And there's so many things that go with health that don't go with happy. Everybody kind of with me? Y'all think the same thing? Yeah. 
We um, started doing communion like two years ago, I guess the whole time we've been in the camper. And um, we've done it, so we try to do it every night. And we've done it for so long that the kids now, they lead it when we do it. And um, they have learned to say things that we say. So we kind of go through this thing with communion um, about Jesus Thank you for your body that was broken so I could be whole. And so Jael starts with that, so whole. And then she goes through, because she's heard us go through it, and we go through with them. We are spiritually whole. We know who we are. We are emotionally whole. We're not drugged down by relationships, and we'll say this together. We are mentally, intellectually, psychologically whole. Uh, We are, what's another one that we add? We are spiritually, physically whole. We're healthy. We've got a lot of kingdom work to do. So we're uh, physically whole. In a few years, I'll even add we are sexually whole. That there are no nights hidden behind a computer screen or nights where we're watching inappropriate movies because there's too much at stake. What you put in your mind will come out in your life. So we're whole in every way. And it's been really cool to see them say that over and over again at our family dinner table. So just thinking about wholeness makes me think about health. Just thinking about health makes me think about wholeness, right? And just reading John 15, you just see in those verses, it's easy to see what health looks like. Because even just the word, a true sprouting vine just sounds like health, right? Does it to y'all? So how's that translate? What does health look like in our lives? Because it looks like something. And we could probably just as easily say what it does not look like, right? doesn't look like abuse or betrayal or anxiety or what else. There's so many things we could say. It also doesn't look like mediocrity or complacency or living stagnant or stuck. We were never meant to live that way. And that's why even in the Old Testament, it talks about God wants us to be whole and healthy. Jeremiah 30, 30, 17, I'll heal your wounds. I'll heal your land. I've created you for health. So I am convinced that God created us to be healthy. And I'm also convinced that God's designed to showcase health. He made a family. Because if if you think about it, The most attractive thing on the planet is a healthy family. I mean, you can look and you can you can see it. You may not know who they are, but if you see it, you are drawn to that. The most attractive thing on the planet is a healthy family because family was God's idea. It's not a man-made thing either. God is a God of design. So he designed us all, every single one of us, to need each other, right? For help, to need each other. Family also has a way of helping you prune, right? One of my favorite quotes I've shared with some of you, I think it was Bill Johnson, that said he would have thought he mastered the gifts of the Spirit were it not for his family. (laughs) I love that. Because Megan and I can relate to that, right? And so if you allow them to, family will help you again and again and again. And again, prune, 
right? I remember, I wish my dad was here. I was trying to get him to come. But uh, one of my favorite stories, two years ago, we went out to dinner for my mom's birthday. And uh, she had never been to the melting pot. And it's in Tallahassee. Anybody been there? Have you all been to the melting pot? Anybody been? Well, they are not in a hurry at the melting pot. We had 10 people, little kids, and um, my dad did not know, but you cook the food in front of you like over a, a grill, a pot. And it took three hours for us to eat, and he was not a happy man. And I could watch him and just, I, I watched him get aggravated and it just transferred over to me because I left that melting pot and I was hot. Like, I was mad that he was mad. Okay? I, yeah. And, um, yes. So, that's all I'll say about that. So, I left and I just probably gave Matt an earful the whole way home. Like, how can, how can he act like that? When we're squeezed, Jesus should come out. What's he thinking? Just all that. So uh, the next day, he calls me. He calls us every day just to say, hey, I love you. How are you doing? So he calls me the next day. And I don't answer. In fact, this was years ago. <laughs> In fact, I just silence my phone he's probably calling to you know he hadn't thought any more about it although we do tease him now and say uh, that we want to go to the melting pot for birthdays but he hadn't thought anything about it he was probably just calling just to check on me and I silenced it the next day was what Tuesday he called again and I, I silenced it man if if you'll if you'll be sensitive the Holy Spirit will bring up things to deal with. Thank God the things that he's bringing up now uh, are years ago that took weeks. They maybe take a minute now. We should be from glory to glory. Um, But I silenced it. Let's see. uh, Wednesday came. I silenced it. And as often the case, when you are offended, we grew up in a home where mom was always like, Offenses are chosen. And so uh, so we, we just had to suck it up in a lot of ways. But when you're offended, it almost seems like a snowball, right? And so uh, it wasn't too long that Wednesday I got offended at somebody else, a friend. And I remember this Thursday afternoon. I was washing dishes in the camper. The kids were playing outside, and I was worshiping. Just singing. I had the praise music on and I was washing dishes, just singing to Jesus. And the friend that I was upset with sent me a text and it just made me upset even more. And I was like, oh, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I was pouring my heart out. Just God, tell me what to do. And I just heard the Holy Spirit in that moment say, I want you to text your daddy and tell him you love him. And it may sound so silly, but it dropped me to my knees. It broke me. I repented with a lot of tears, a lot of snot. And I immediately said, Dad, I love you. And he called. He called. He's like, man, thanks for that text. I love you too. How's your day going? And ever since then, you know, he still calls, and I haven't silenced it. Um, 
But it forced me to come to terms with there are things in my heart, obviously, that need to be pruned. Right? When the Father looks at you, he does not see what's wrong with you. Because that has already been dealt with at the cross. He sees what's missing from your relationship with him. And he is absolutely committed to giving that to you. And it seems we've almost been trained a lot of times to see this is wrong and this is wrong. And you're really messing it up here. Um, another family story. And because that's what I do. I'm a storyteller. We Has anybody seen Seinfeld? Okay, we grew up watching Seinfeld, which was probably not good as little kids. But we watched Seinfeld, and on Seinfeld, the character George has a dad that wants to celebrate Christmas by having something called a Festivus pole. Who knows about Festivus? Nobody in here? Okay, so what you do... Thank you, O'Grady family. So what you do is you put up a pole at Christmas, and you just air your grievances about one another. Like, that's the show. You just tell them how they're messing it up. And Megan... Me and Meg and mom and dad always laugh like we should do that at Christmas and we could really tell everybody how they're just messing up. Okay, so we, we did not ever do a Festivus poll. But, but this quote makes me think about it and I'll tell you why. Because a few years back, maybe three or four years back, we started doing this. Mom and dad at everybody's birthday, we would gather around the table and the whole family, so even the kids, and we would speak over them one thing that they, we see in their life that they do amazing, that they're amazing at. Oh, it's wild. Like at the table when it's my birthday, I'm like, okay, let's do this first before we eat. Because I'd like to hear what, what y'all have to say about me. <laughs> That's true, isn't it, Meg? Yeah. But it's been really funny um, and precious to see the kids. Because I remember just this year at Benaiah's birthday, when we all gathered around, he sat in the middle just proud. And I was like, Benaiah, I love your sense of justice. That you want to right the right wrong. And he just beamed. He may not have understood exactly what I was saying, but he knew it was something important. And so I say all of that, Festivus, and our family birthday tradition. Because a lot of times we think we our view of God is more like a Festivus pole than our family birthday tradition. It just makes you think, now, which one of those is more like the Father? Okay. Jesus says, I am the sprouting vine, and you're my branches. And I know what's missing from your relationship with me. I know what's missing from our connection. And I, I can't wait to give it to you. And that's why we're going to cut off the stuff here that's not working. We're going to prop up the branches that haven't been fruitful. And we're going to prune those areas in our hearts that need to be pruned. Let's, let's read on. Okay. John 15, 5. Jesus says, I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source... Fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. Let's stop right there. 
Connection, that's a word I've been thinking a lot about lately. Connection is a byproduct of health. Or health is a byproduct of connection. Or they go hand in hand. Right? (laughs) Either way you say it, right? And when you're connected to the source, it says fruitfulness will stream from within you. And you can you are recognized. People see that, right? Because that is healthy. Even in John, it says, uh, Jesus says, rivers of living water will burst out from within you. That's passion translation. Flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. When you are connected, when you're connected, you can't. You can't live here, right? It's not okay to live here because you know what's on the line. And so your priority, your heart is, I'm going to stay connected to the vine. Everything depends on it. And I can't afford to have a thought that you don't have about me, God. I can't afford to have a thought about who's sitting next next to me that you don't have. I can't have a thought, God, that you don't have about my spouse or about the people I work with or about my children or about my family. So we're connected to the vine, but we're also connected as a family in a family and we're connected in a church as a body in a bigger family. And I I believe our churches will only be as healthy as our families. So Matt and and I teach JL and Garrison, some of you have heard this before, about connection. All right? They're four and six, and we tell them, God has put us together. He's connected our family, right? And when we say something mean or when we tell a lie, we break that connection. And we've got to fight. We've got to fight for the connection. Our Holy Spirit's our helper, but we have to fight for that. We want to stay connected. Um, JL prayed the other night at bedtime. She'd had a really bad day. And she said something like, God, thank you that when connection is broken, we can get it back. <laughs> and so I thought, that is precious. But we've taught this, them this so much that we're really having to live. And we're really having to live it out. The other day when JL was in school, we were late picking her up. And Garrison wanted to try on every pair of shoes that he had. And I was aggravated. So I looked at him and I said, look, dude, I'm going to leave you. I'll see you later. And he didn't miss a beat. He looked up at me in his little voice. If you've heard Garrison, he said, when you just said that, you broke connection with me. Okay, Yeah. And I had to, didn't miss a beat, and I had to rush down there, and he was on the floor, and I said, you're right, Mommy is sorry. I didn't mean to break connection. I think the other day, um, about a month ago, he uh, thought it would be a good idea to bust a heat lamp outside and use the glass to ride on my car. <laughs> Yeah, he broke connection for about a week with Matt. <laughs> we we really had to fight to get that back. Oh, and he knew. So, but when you are connected, there is a responsibility to stay connected, right? Even in our family, there's a responsibility to fight for connection. I can't do this. It would compromise my connection. So, like, if Matt comes home and he's on his cell phone and he had a long day and he's ignoring everybody i'm trying to think of something really terrible and he's in a bad mood i'm gonna look at him and i'm gonna keep that connection oh god thank you for my husband that is so attentive to me 
<laughs> Thank you for this amazing father that just stepped through the door. I'm going to maintain, I'm going to keep that connection. I'm going to fight for it. Because I can't afford to have a thought, God, that you don't have about Matt. So I'm going to fight for that connection. And the first place I'm going to fight is in my mind. Right? I have down here Pastor Mark quote, and I didn't put the quote. I don't know what that is. Oh. But I think, you know, I think he says some, sometimes the, the devil is not your enemy. He has already been defeated. He can only defeat you in areas that you don't know or don't apply. The greatest battle we will fight is with ourselves. So I've been praying, God, expand my capacity to be pruned. I think I prayed that for two months, and then I stopped because it got a little overwhelming. And I, it was nicer to say, God, expand my capacity to receive. <laughs> I love the quote, a revelation is seldom given to those who are merely curious. Uh, and so I want to maintain my connection. I want to fight for my connection to the vine, to my family. Um, you know, something I was thinking about the other day is that serving... And doing really great things will never be a substitute for connection. Ministry will never be a substitute for intimacy. But serving and doing really great things and having a heart for God and working, because we have so many amazing workers at our church, it will never be a substitute for connection or for health. Health and connection come, like it says in John, as you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from you, which tells me connection will always be intentional. And the third thing is just simply healthy things. They grow. And growth will always glorify the Father. That's the only kind of growth there is. So that our lives, so that our families are filled with fruitfulness and connection and health. So people, they read that verse in John and they say, that's health. And then people, they look at our lives and they say, oh, that's that's health. And they look at our families and they're like, wow, that's health. And they look at our churches and they're like, wow, that is health. Let's read on John 15. 5 through 8 says, But if you live in life union with me, and if my words, that's the Greek word rhema here, live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. Health is a byproduct of connection. And connection flows out of relationship, friendship, and growth is easy to see. One of my favorite verses lately, like I write, when I have a favorite verse that I want to think about, I write it everywhere. Bathroom mirror, by the bed, I keep it even in my pocket. And it's in Samuel, and Samuel 3, 19, 1 Samuel, and it just says, Samuel kept growing The Lord was with him, and he let none of his words 
fall to the ground. Not God's words. That's Samuel. And he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. I mean, that is wild to me. He let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. The other day, I was, um, I think I was doing something, working in the camper. The kids run. They just run free outside. But Garrison came to that camper door, and he was just beaming with sweat. But he comes up to the door, and that's when he had the hair helmet. We got him a haircut, but, I mean, his hair's a mess, and he's just beaming a red face. And he just comes up there, and he looks at me, and he says, you're my amazing sweetheart, just like that. And I didn't even think about what I said, but I just, it just came out of my mouth, and I said, Garrison, I see God in you. And he, his whole countenance just changed. I mean, he was all, already beaming. And maybe natural, in the natural realm, he just knew mommy was being sweet. But what that did, I spoke to his spirit man. And he knew that's why I was created. So if you don't get anything else, get this. I see God in you. That's why we were created. That's why we were created, every single one of us. I can go through right now and tell every single one of, one of us sitting here, I see God in you. I see God in you, in how you, in how you give me advice about dogs. <laughs> Adrian, in how you worship, okay? Oh, Brian, Tiffany, oh, how you just give me a hug every time. Oh, how, you, how your family just walks in with a smile. Oh, Kyle and Kaden, don't get me started. There are a hundred things, hundred things. Your dancing, your musical ability. Oh, baby Myrna. Oh, when you walk in with your son. Oh, my goodness. And how y'all just beam, how you smile. Josh, the acting. Oh, my goodness. Baby Myrna, how you interact with the kids. Patty, a million things. Those dance recitals, if you hadn't been to one of them, they're off the charts anointed. Rebecca, oh, that word you gave the other day about praise. Oh, man. Nick and Terry, every time you smile. Nick just came up to me Sunday and kissed me on the cheek. Just, oh. I could go through every single person here and say, I see God in you. I see God in you. So when people look at the branches full of fruit, the greenest of green, healthy, connected to the vine, growth, when they see that, when they see the vine, they see the vine dresser, yeah, health, connection, growth, will always point back to going back to verse 1, the farmer who tends the vine, the father. So let's step into that. I see God in all of you. Let's step into that. It's why you were created. And nothing is worth your connection to the vine. Jesus is not a picture of who I can become. He is a mirror of who I am now. 
And when you begin to see yourself as God sees you, our lens, our mirror changes. When you begin to understand the magnitude of what you've been given, of what he wants to do in and through our lives, of how much he delights in us and is committed to giving us exactly what we need. I mean, it says he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground with the same intensity that the father loves Jesus. He loves you. I mean, somebody's got to amen that, right? (laughs) Okay, my nose is running. That's terrible. It says we're seated with him in heavenly places. And I used to read that and wonder, what in the world? And then I love 1 John 4, 17, where it says, just as he is, so are we in this world. And it took me years to realize that's about position. That's about position, seated in heavenly places. It's a position. It's your position. Take it. Live in that place. It's where we're meant to live. You were made to be healthy. You were made to be alive and thriving and growing and glorifying and manifesting your Father. Every single one of us were meant to live and stay in that place. There's a verse in Psalms 8, and I read it the other day, and I've always read it, but I read it in the Passion Translation, and it just blew me away. And it says, as lords of creation, you have delegated to them, us, mastery over all you have made, making everything subservient to their authority, placing earth itself under the feet of your image bearers. That is so well to me. That is our position. Why live down here when when we're made for so much more? All right, I'm still doing good on time. Since we're talking about vines and plants and growth, there is another verse that's been a favorite of mine for a really long time, probably more than 10, 15 years, and it's in Job. But before we go there, I'm going to tell another story. Is that okay? Okay. Girl, thank you. I love you. Okay. Okay. The heels. Okay. All right. Yeah, let's tell one more story. All right. Some of you have heard that we have a puppy that Matt is not happy with. Okay. All right. Some of you have given me advice on this. (laughs) Bring it up. Uh, the kids prayed in December that they that God would send them a puppy. And we're building a house. So we set them down and said, hey, we can't get a puppy. Puppies are expensive. And they go, well, we're praying for a puppy. And so we, you know, they didn't get a puppy. And so they're still praying. And in January, they're, they're still praying. And in February, they're still praying. And we are outside in the yard just sitting in the chair and they're playing. And out of the woods, like a lot of woods. Like acres and acres, there's no neighbor. A little cute puppy walks out loaded with fleas and ticks. And the kids don't care. And they just, (gasps) and then the next morning, Matt was like, we can keep the puppy. So they're thinking, man, God answers prayers. And so we have been, uh, we we kept the puppy. His name's Maverick. And um, he chewed through our internet cord. And then he, let's see, Matt got, um, we got a lot of plants from Matt's granddaddy's funeral, and he ate all of them. 
And uh, let's see, he's done some other stuff that we won't mention. But the other day, we spent a lot of money on fruit trees. So we planted fruit trees out there, and he ate them. Like, he ate them down to a stick. They were beautiful, and they had, like, plums on it. And he ate all of the fruit, all of the leaves, and it was like a stick. So it was beautiful, and then it ate down to here. And it was just chewed on. All right, let's go to Job. Man, this is one of my favorite verses. Uh, Job 14, 7 through 9. For there is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, that it will sprout again. And that its tender shoots will not cease. Though its root may grow old in the earth and its stump may die in the ground. Yet at the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth branches like a plant. And it did. A week later, I took a picture of it if you wanted to see it. I have it on my phone. It just shot up, just a little green leaf. And then the next week, it was all over it, just budding again. And so... If you are feeling more tonight like a cut down tree or a dead stump in the ground or maybe a fruit tree that a dog has chewed all the branches off of, do not despair. (laughs) Don't despair. There's hope. There's always hope at the scent, at the smell of water. If your family looks more like a dead stump in the ground or just a root taking up space or a fruit tree that a dog has chewed the branches off then a fruitful vine do not despair at the scent of water if you don't hear anything tonight else just hear this I see God in you And at the scent, at the scent. And if there is anything dormant or broken or dead in your life or in your family, I can guarantee you it's not the way God intended. Because we were created for health. Every single one of us. So this is what I want to do. I've got 13 more minutes, and I'm so glad Pastor Mark just came back in. All right, so uh, Rebecca, could you come play? So what I'd like to do for the next 13 minutes is uh, Rebecca will play, and if there is, um, I want to pray for brokenness or for families that are broken or anything in your life. If it is not the way that God intended We're just going to let her play, and you can come right down here. And Pastor Mark, you're just ready to go. Uh, Would you stand on one side? I'll stand on one side. And we're just going to pray. Um, If something is not the way that it should be. Does that make sense? Everybody with me? Let's stand up and let's close our eyes. And I'd just like everybody to repeat after me this prayer, okay? Father, be it unto me according to your word. Do all that's on your heart to do. I am created 
for health. So elevate my thinking. Here I am, and I'm saying yes to you. I will stay connected. I will fight for connection. And I will be healthy. And I will be fruitful. In Jesus' name.